You are listening to the Bombzilla Podcast. And this week, the news. Tape recording is for United World News, Chicago, USA. Well, here's your headline. I want full newspaper coverage, magazine stories, books. Well, I want it on the air 24 hours a day. This is our moment. Hello, everybody. Here is uh, another long-awaited news edition of the Bondzilla podcast. Uh, where, in terms of Bond news, uh, what's the oh, man? We haven't done this in a while. What's the news one? Tomorrow never dies. When it comes to, yeah. <laughs> to news, <laughs> well, tomorrow yeah, and, never dies. Uh, you and know. then it's all—it's like as always. It's Gojira, you moron. Never forget. It—it it, it is. It is Gojira more. That almost came up in a. I, I actually think uh, that may have come up with in a uh, text conversation, or I almost said in a text conversation with a recent guest of the podcast. I guess we can call him guest of the podcast now. Yes, not friend of the podcast, uh, Patrick. Yes. Uh, where we were on a text chain, and then he he either said maybe it was on the episode, but I was thinking he he I think he had accidentally mispronounced Gojira. Or something. Gohira. He says Gohira. Yeah, yeah. He said, yeah. That's what it was. Not, not to call you out, Patrick, but it was one of those things where I think you said Gohira, and then my instant reaction to that was, "It's Gojira, you moron." <laughs> so that's a that's a thing. Did I don't think I've ever said this on the show, but I, I tweeted about it about how it seems like Godzilla '98 is kind of having this in very niche corners of kaiju fandom this retroactive prequel type love like you know how people retroactively like you know the star wars prequels not as yeah. massive but there there's a little bit of a movement like that and all i can say is all those people are wrong but i love that you exist yeah i mean i think there is <laughs> again i do think that there is a quality of, of 98 to appreciate from just like kind of a bad movie perspective yeah actually uh, you know let me take that back i don't want to say you're wrong i think this is actually a better thing to say in movie fandom i do believe this you're crazy Yes. Like, if, if that's how you feel about it, you're crazy, but I'm glad you exist, is how, is how I'll say it. Yeah, but I, I do think that there's kind of like, you can love it. I, again, I kind of like that movie just from the fact that it's not a Godzilla movie. And yeah. I think like that's kind of that added uh, aspect of it is kind of what, what adds to it so bad, it's good quality, mm-hmm. you know, Definitely. in that sense. but. Uh, all my thoughts are laid out in the original 98 episode, and I haven't really changed much since then. So, Nick, lots, lots of news. Lots yeah, of lots great of news. news. To the point that we recorded some stuff about this, but then we got more news. So then we kind of, like, you know, like, well, let, let's save that, like, let's shave off that conversation. Yeah, and behind, then... this is behind the scenes. We did, we originally talked a little bit about the Godzilla anime stuff. Uh, in our Beats from 20,000 Fathoms episode. And then right before the episode was going to drop was when we got all the bigger news about the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we made the decision to just cut out our initial discussion and, and record this for, for you all to give our, our full-fledged thoughts on everything that's been out there. Well, so that actually is a good starting place because I don't think on the on the podcast at this point now we've actually fully talked about the anime, at least for the listeners to hear. Um, and you know, you know, to keep it simple, uh, another the Rewa era of Godzilla is continuing uh, as Netflix is releasing a um, 
Godzilla anime series. Um, not connected to the anime trilogy. This is a new uh, rendition, a new continuity uh, that they're, you know, we're, which, is, which is, I think, kind of like what we expected them to do. I, I don't think that we were thinking that they would continue, at least I wasn't, thinking they would continue the anime uh, trilogy. And, um, and if I had to put money on it, I was kind of assuming that uh, an anime series was maybe going to happen before a movie because, like, yeah. you know, Legendary is still doing movie stuff. And I think that they were excited, Toho, about doing the, the streaming thing. And then there's, like, you know, despite the mixed reaction, I think that there was a welcoming attitude to the fact that, you know, a Godzilla anime, especially on Netflix, was at least welcome. And there's been other successes, like, with the Transformers anime series going on. Um, so, yeah, so then we're, we're, we're in on this. So a while ago it was announced with a first look at Godzilla himself in the – and a little kind of like image of the the characters and the and the crowd, um, or a lineup of the the main characters, and then out of nowhere we we uh, we get a trailer drop for we it. We got a full fledged trailer. Yeah. So so we le- got like we kind of got like a little bit yeah a few more images mm-hmm. and like kind of a poster thing, and then all of a, like the trailer just just dropped like a bomb on us. Yeah. So um, so just kind of leading in into this, just like what were your thoughts about like. Uh, them doing the anime series and just kind of what was your thought process through that? It's a perfect continuation because, like you said, like you know, the, the anime trilogy itself kind of it ended on a definite conclusion. I felt like that, like you didn't need any more of that. But it, 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 again, it's, I think it's one of those things where there's like a surprise to me that this never happened before. Like it's a surprise and not a surprise because, on the one hand, like we've talked about. In uh, previous episodes, it's like, you know, it's really like recent in recent years that Toho, I think, has really kind of really realized what they have with Godzilla and really kind of is, is pushing it as kind of this legacy franchise. So it's surprise. It's not surprising that, like, you know, we never got like an anime series before. But on the other hand, like an anime series like fits the Godzilla world so perfectly with with the kaiju and and the different designs and what you can do in animation and especially how big anime and animation have been in Japan and the wide variety, like there was a lot you could do with, with Godzilla as an anime series. So it's kind of almost surprising that there really wasn't a random one in a previous era. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it really just felt like in terms of right now, like this feels like it's a perfect way to kind of do something unique with Godzilla while also, you know, eventually continuing like a live action slate with, you know, the American films and, and eventually we will, most likely get another live action Japanese film. Uh, and it's kind of good timing again with, with the world that the way as it is, that animation is one of those things that, you know, is more easily done, not easily done, but more easily done at home than, you know, more live action stuff. So it just seems like this kind of is a perfect timing for it as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt like it was something to be very excited for because again, it just showcases that Toho is exploring these other alternate avenues for, for, for showcasing the Godzilla franchise and for getting it out there on a worldwide scale. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's definitely showing this evolution in a, of the Reiwa era that the Toho's never really done with the Godzilla franchise. Because, you know, there was the experimental millennium era where every movie was just kind of like its own vision 
Um, but that kind of led to, I mean, our, our thoughts on the millennium era are, are well documented, but this time you can tell that like, they're doing like, okay, Toho, they're going to do the big movie. Okay. Now they're going to do an anime trilogy. Okay. Now they're going to do an anime series. So they're really doing a new thing every time, uh, coming out, uh, to bat. Um, yeah. so that, that's kind of what's like super fun about the, the whole thing. Um, so yeah, and then, you know, I think, you know, you and I had shared some thoughts about, you know, kind of like the look at it, because it, it looks like it's going to be kind of like a, a 2D CG hybrid, um, yes. like with like cell shading and things like that. And, um, well, I mean, I guess we could just get right into talking about like the trailer itself, because you're right, it really was. And then admittedly, you know, the, you know, without sounding cliche, these are very, very odd times for movie news to drop. I think we've we've often talked about off mic about how, so much movie and TV news is like dropping randomly and because of, you know, understandably uh, other world issues going on. Like, you know, they kind of fly yeah. under the radar. But uh, this was one where they're kind of like, oh, OK, here's some images. Like, because as soon as we got finished, you're right. There were like images released. And like, oh, now we got to talk about the images. The next day, up, oh, full blown trailer. Uh, and then I, I all I remember about the trailer, because I kind of remembered that it was going to drop. But all I remember about it is like, I, I was... I, I was busy at the time, so I didn't get to see it. And then you had texted me like something like that. I had to watch it uh, immediately. Um, and um, th- there, there's one specific uh, way, reason why. And I, I, I want to hold off on that real quick. But the trailer itself comes out. What, what do we think of? What do we think of it? I'm incredibly more excited than I ever could have been <laughs> before. And it's not just because of that one moment. I think what really is getting to me here is just a showcase of any other monsters. Mm-hmm. And the like the type of monsters and the type of kaiju that we saw in there. Because I think the thing was is that when you kind of get to these like re- very recently, you know, it's like you kind of feel like, oh, like when they're starting something new, it's like just got to be Godzilla. Because that was even with, you know, the anime trilogy was that way where it's like, yes, we did kind of get reference to like different versions of Ghidorah and Mothra and Mechagodzilla and stuff. But really it was like Godzilla was that yet that main focus. Mm-hmm. And even going back to Shin, like Shin is very purely a Godzilla focused. And then even thing. in like the anime trilogy, like timeline or continuity, there were like the other monsters we knew, but it was relegated to um, like cameos, essentially. Yeah, cameos, and then other like you know tie-in material, like with like the novels yes. and stuff. Uh, but the series itself was very, uh, you know, because it was hard. Because like, what's funny about watching this trailer is like it kind of seems to be making the promise of the original trilogy. Uh, I don't want to say the original trilogy made this promise, but there was this belief that when the movie was called Monster Planet or, you know, Planet of the Monsters or whatever. Uh, and then there were little reports that, like, oh, Angiris was going to have a cameo, like, like monsters like that. But then you watch the movie, and it's, like, these weird kind of, like, you know, snake bats, and there really aren't any other monsters in it other than your right, right cameos. Yeah. Whereas this is kind of like, okay, not only is it going to be a series, but you may be seeing all of the, um, y- y- you know, the creatures that you know which i actually have some thoughts about whether how true that is but um yeah i mean the 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 biggest thing the the other thing too is like we don't really know what the plot of it is it kind of seems like it's like a general godzilla and a bunch of monsters are showing up and it's up to this like team of like 
like this kind of G Force type team, this uh, this ragtag team to kind of like solve it somehow. So we we yeah. really don't know what the plot is, but I, I think it's safe to say that that's kind of in the ballpark of what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely another set. Like it, it looks nothing like the anime trilogy. No, it, it definitely feels like more classic anime. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, it kind of feels like a late ninety. Like even the style, just the visualization. Kind of looks like a 2000s into late 90s like anime style. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, which I really like, and I, I really like like to see it in motion and just kind of like that style of anime, like for a Godzilla uh, series. I think is perfect. It definitely it, has think, it has shades of like recently like Attack on Titan. It seemed like yeah. where it's like you do have like these anime because that that was traditionally animated like. The human characters, at least, right? I, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So you you do have these traditionally animated um, or two D animated human characters, and then you have kind of like these very scary looking augmented monster characters uh, mm-hmm. uh, in it, and um, you know, uh, yeah. So it was. I mean, it looks like just awesome. It, it looks really cool, uh, and um, you know, uh, one of the the interesting thing were, were there any kind of like takeaways just from like the content of what you saw it does seem like we're at the very least going to get a, a variety of of monster action yeah i guess that uh, was because, like the big news because we didn't really know if that was going to be the case like I, the, the big kind of well, reveal was like it's going to have a bunch of monsters about, yeah like the stuff like with shin and the anime trilogy is like yeah we got monster action but again there was kind of not that like focus and it, the other thing i would say just from the trailer and the way it's cut it really does seem like there is going to be like a higher energy level to that action, mm-hmm. um, which again is just like because that was the thing about uh, the anime trilogy is that it was like a lot of it was like about the bigness, so it was a little bit like of a slower pace of that action mm-hmm. with occasional like like you know getting occasional boosts and like Shin is very much again it's kind of that slow burn in terms of it's you know the political thing of the big lovering monster. Whereas, like, it just felt like there was kind of, like, an action movie energy to this that, like, in some of the previous Godzilla movies had, and, and those are those fights that I really love, um, but it really seemed like when you have kind of, like, like an Anguirus-looking monster, like, like chasing this thing, it seems like there's going to be some sort of higher energy to it, which I, I'm really looking forward to seeing if that comes to fruition. Oh, if, if the plot, it, I mean, it, it's not, like, reinventing the wheel, but it's a winning formula of the, if the plot of the show is kind of, like, like, got to catch them all, got to get all the monsters, (laughs) like, you know what I mean? Like, so if every episode is, like, they have to deal with, like, a different monster, or if they're, like, you know, running, like, gags, like, maybe certain monsters kind of, you know, uh, span over a couple different episodes, um, I mean, it's a winning formula, like, to me. Like, I mean, it's the obvious way to go, definitely, but that's what I would do, because then you get to highlight different monsters. So here's the thing, we we get to take a look at the monsters, so here's the thing. It ha- I don't believe I looked this up. I don't believe it has been officially confirmed that these are all reinventions of the monsters that we know. But there's a lot of evidence to suggest that they are. I'm just kind of one of those like I don't want to get to the show and then like that's not Rodan. It's like some monster they came up with. Um, they, it, it's one of those situations where I at this point I would be shocked. If like that's not Rodan or if that's not in Gears, I would probably put like, money it, on it. It's just like like it's one of those situations where like there hasn't been a hundred percent confirmation, but it really, it's just one of those things. Like if you are going to design a monster like that, like it is like why not just make it 
Yeah. Well, I mean, Rodan and, or Angiris, like that's like the thing where it's like, yeah, mm-hmm, I that agree. clearly looks like Rodan. Like that clearly looks. Listen, like Listen, man, I just learned the lessons about going into the Godzilla anime trilogy part two, and everybody thought they were going to see Mecha Godzilla, and then it was a giant city. So I'm just saying, like, you know, right? Let, let's but leave it, some but room. it also seems like this. this I agree. Kind of, it the just the tone in terms of the way they're marketing it with that trailer. It does seem like they're pushing it more in line with a traditional. Godzilla movie because mm. I think that was the thing about the anime trilogy is that they did start to really push like oh we're doing completely different things with these monsters yeah yeah like, especially yeah. once you get to that third one and like how they how they kind of push uh, Ghidorah mm. I really felt like that was they were starting to make the purpose of the anime trilogy is like oh we're going completely out of the ballpark with these like we're not even on the plane this plane of existence we're on a totally different plane of existence whereas with the way that they're showing these it really does feel like you're supposed to feel like oh this is kind of related to like like you know hasty era and millennium era and sure, era sure. Godzilla. like it, it it still fits within all that that realm and i think that's what you can gather i feel like from the trailer is like when you see like kind of these shots of like this like Rodan looking creature. I think you're supposed to kind of connect like that is Rodan. Well, it's because you're right because they have Rodan. They have an Anguirus looking thing too. And people have noticed that some of the other monsters, like there is a kind of like a whale type monster that like has very Titanosaurus type uh, things. And even like, there's kind of like this weird kind of four legged monster. And some people have kind of even speculated believe it or not that that's Gabara like it just like but you know but that's also what's kind of exciting about this and the potential of doing a series is like maybe we can now call back to like these monsters that we haven't seen before because I can understand why you know at least from Toho's perspective like you know why they can struggle with like are we really going to bring Titanosaurus back as like the baddie in a new movie but, like, right. it, why not in a series? Because then it's, like, the debate of, like, well, we either spend money on it and, like, try to market it as the baddie, or we spend money on it to, like, make it, like, a smaller appearance. But is it worth it at right, that point right. when you can spend more money on it, Ghidorah? I, I, the one thing but, I will – oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Go I, ahead. I was going to say, like, the, the one thing that I will say about, like, my, my one kind of nitpick in my reservation – because I do want to talk about the way that the monsters look. It, yeah. it, it's not my favorite to like make Rodan just a pterodactyl. I mean, it's clearly not just a pterodactyl, it's a monster pterodactyl, but he yeah. looks like a uh, like a uh um like a uh science accurate pterodactyl. Mm-hmm. So it's not my favorite approach to the monsters, but on the flip side what I will say is that what I do like is that all the monsters seem to have a similar visual language to them. Like, that they all kind of seem to, like, have uh, just a similarity and a uniformity in their look. And maybe that will lead into, like, maybe all these monsters have been mutated in a similar way. Or this is just what the ancient types of monsters look like. That there's, like, different design flourishes on them. That they kind of have this very, like, they they do have kind of, like, this Attack on Titan-y looking uh, design to them. So I I do... Like and, that, and like mm. the the Angiris monster looks like bul- very bulky, with yeah. lots of spikes and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, so that that would be my only thing. But I mean, none of yeah, that. I mean, there <laughs> there's one monster classic kaiju appearance. I, I'll let that you. Is I'll undeniable. let you take this one. I'll let you take it. So I'm just gonna say I'm watching this trailer, man, and I'm like I'm like okay, like I'm liking the visual nature. I'm liking kind of like okay, we're gonna like we see like we're down, we're seeing other monsters, and then legitimately. Like I, I notice it right away. I just know those colors. 
I know it's a robot <laughs> with with colorful flourishes. Camera pans up, pans and up, and I I screamed. I was like, ah! Yeah, and, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Jet Jaguar is back to play. <laughs> this is we willed this into existence. I feel like, like I feel it like was only our... we, but we knew it was only a matter of time. Yeah, it's like Jet Jaguar is like it really does feel like that's a character that has a lot of specific love to it mm-hmm. from the right people. And it was a matter of time till someone pulled the trigger on, on bringing the character back. How much but do you still... want to bet like the new successes of Ultraman contributed to this? Because it's like, you have Godzilla and it's like, you're not going to cross it over yeah. with Ultraman. It's like, but we need a giant, like colorful human humanoid robot. Yeah. Well, we have one. It, it, it's Jet Jaguar. I, I think it's I, I don't think that I think that's a part of the argument you make in terms of the pitch. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like it's one of those things like I feel like in a similar way that Jet Jaguar is like all those really many obscure Disney characters that is held. Like, I feel like Jet Jaguar is like how people how Disney fans regard like the three Caballeros or like certain Disney Parks characters where there's such a love. For it because it's so specific and unique mm-hmm. that once the right people are in the right position that they're just going to try to push for more like three caballeros or more jet jaguar like stuff and i feel like now has been the time where it's like we're just like in the right moment for a return to jet jaguar because i think like the thing is is like we have joked about and we have genuinely been in love with this character since day one mm-hmm. But we have like through like our our social media and through kind of that our our very lovable fandom, we have found that there are many other people who have that same appreciation for Jet Jaguar. Yeah, like, everybody we, knew that we were going to be excited about that. Listen, which, which I once, did love. Yeah, we once tweeted at Best Buy about Jet Jaguar, <laughs> and they responded in kind. I forgot about that. Yes, they did. Yeah, so they did. There's there's just a love, and and it's just nice to see that this is a new appearance of the character because it's just a character that we just love and and adore and just to see him in some sort of new form is just really fun. And And they didn't mess with him either. That's the thing. It's like everybody else has like these weird kind of like recreations, but Jet Jaguar looks like the same. And and it does give more credence to the fact that you may see other monsters like Titanosaurus yeah, that, that one is like yeah, like it's yeah. like the the Rodan and the Aguirre's monsters have been kind of like you know altered and designed a little bit, but like Jet Jaguar looks like Jet Jaguar, mm-hmm. and that itself by itself like made it like oh I have to watch this yeah. like obviously I, I'm gonna watch it anyway, but that was like oh this now like I have to support this I have to I this is a must watch. Yeah, so I mean, uh, overall, like it, it, it's super exciting to to get some material, and then even like, I mean, speaking of other kaiju news that we won't get too much in, into it, but like you know, they also announced that like a Pacific Rim like it, anime, it's a, is, yeah, coming anime is coming, which has as been well. like kind of talked about and yeah. rumored for a long time, but the fact that we're like actually seeing images of it is also again very exciting, and, and Pacific Rim still tends to be the little franchise that could, and so it's, yes, mm-hmm. it's a big franchise, but like it's just the thing where it's like it keeps coming in it keeps not hitting as much as you think it should but it still keeps surviving and there's still they still see a market for it and 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 a pacific rim anime is almost again the perfect way to continue it mm-hmm. it's just the perfect way of just like doing it in animation having a little bit more freedom with the, with the monster and and robot fights 
kind of having a larger series to develop the world and the characters. It feels like Pacific Rim was tailor-made for kind of an anime production. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, one, one, 100%. Um, and then, like you said previously, I mean, the fact that, like, you know, we're kind of heading into this time where the streaming wars are taking a, a new form. Uh, like, obviously, these projects have been in, in development, um, but uh, it, it makes it all the more reason why you're going to see more enthusiasm for them, I think. Right now um, is the time for all of these weird things to be put on streaming services yeah. because they're just trying to get, you know, more attention and more you know, regard for them. I mean, like I said, like, you know, Tiny Toons just announced they're coming back on HBO Max. Yeah. Um, and, you know, well, think about all... how much animation has been really like widely like announced. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, yeah. you have like Animaniacs, you have, and, and again, these are all things that have been in production, but it seems like there's like this big explosion of we're announcing, you know, Animaniacs, Tiny Toons, uh, a, a new HBO Gendy Tartakovsky series. Like, it's like, there's just all of this kind of animation being yeah. announced and and it, you know it's uh under unusual circumstances but it is a silver lining with that like even like like even it's not a series but disney plus just put out a new like olaf based frozen short like out of nowhere kind of yes so yeah this is one of those things where like, things are going to be kind of popping up that way yeah um okay so uh the last bit of news that we wanted to talk about is uh take it to the bond uh side of things yeah so uh, one thing i wanted to briefly mention we don't have to talk about this too much mm -hmm. but just again our, our what's going on with theaters type of update. Oh God. There was this very quickly. There was kind of this, this insider. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This, yeah. That, that, uh, MGM and Eon and universal, uh, who's, who's doing international distribution for no time to die. Mm -hmm. We're exploring this possibility of selling the film to a streaming service. Uh, and the top two contenders were Netflix and Apple, Apple TV plus. Mm -hmm. But the rumor about it was that, Eon was looking for an extremely high price tag, with, mm -hmm. which was rumored to be in the 600 million, 700 million range. So basically, their thought was like, if they're going to go to streaming, they're basically going to make most of their box office back in that regard. Mm -hmm. And it, it seemed like that was too high of a price. So at this time, No Time to Die is still probably going to be a theatrical experience unless they really, you know, unless a deal is made. But uh -huh. there was the, the fact that they were possibly exploring that is super interesting chances are that it's still kind of like a christmas surprise that something may happen i mean that. honestly at this point like again you never really know yeah at this point i have um, a i have a kind of a final guess and i really don't know at this point but i have a final guess of like what my theory is yes because I, at this point we're just like you, you got to talk about things in terms of 2021 um yeah which again isn't that you know it's we're in November now. It, it's, so super, it, it, it's, yeah. it's really weird that we're super close. Yeah. We're like really close. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Two I mean, months, it, it, it's two months from twenty twenty one, and it, you know it's one of those things you can look, kind of look at it in a sad way, but I kind of look at it as like I mean it's two months away, like so it's like we're, we're I mean, we might as well start just thinking about twenty twenty one. My my final guess is something will be happening next year where it'll be there'll be theatrical runs, but then there there's going to be some sort of finagling with that it'll hit like online sooner or so i think yeah. there's going to be a compromise between them because it, it is kind of i just think like i just can't imagine that normal theater going operations are going to happen it, it, with like next year honestly yeah i i mean and i and i think that um there may be some room where they can technically still release in theaters. Because I think at best what's going to happen um, is that there will be something where, like, you know, theaters will, 
you know, be open in like the safest way that they possibly can and you can go. And then there'll probably be some sort of compromise where it's like either it'll be available earlier online or that's what I think is going to happen. I, I just yeah, don't, I, I don't foresee a strictly like online base. I yeah. just don't see that happening, but yeah, so like I a, think it's a compromise is going to happen. It's going to come down to the fact that at some point, like these movies are going to have to release that they can't just you can't just keep delaying No Time to Die and Black Widow and all these other. There's no way discussion. another year. I, I know, like we all, I always do this. There's no way there's going to. I just no, can't imagine like, a whole some, year goes by and none of these movies come out. In especially because, like you know, movies are back in like you know, like movies are back in production. Like Shang Chi just wrapped up and. Mm-hmm. And all this sort of stuff, like movies are back in sort of the safe way. So it's like at some point you have to have to get these movies out. So some sort of compromise is going to happen in yeah. that regard. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's what you said that you know they get a short, you know they get a theatrical run, but then they get they get on the video on demand like mm-hmm. ASAP. Yeah. Uh, so that was just I wanted to bring that up because again it's it's like no real confirmation, but there was a lot of that insider scuttlebutt. What we do have confirmation on is Rami Malek. Uh, our villain in Bond, uh, No Time to Die, mm-hmm. uh, did an interview with GQ in which he talked about uh, playing the character as well as some other really interesting details that I thought would be really fun to discuss. I know nothing about this, so lay it on okay. me. So first thing was like the quote that kind of is everybody's talking about is that he says playing, uh, he's playing Safin, of course. Mm-hmm. And Robbie Malik said, playing Safin was not psychologically easy for me. <laughs> That was like the kind of the headline quote. Sure. Uh, he, All right, Rami. Uh, he talks about, you know, just I'm just going to read some quotes mm-hmm. uh, verbatim that he said. He said, quote, when I think about Safin, I think about someone who is meticulous but measured, and there is something about that that is really unnerving and unsettling. He's someone at, that at times I feel gives you the sensation that you're being watched and then, again, is unsettling. He asks you to question what you think is right, what you think is wrong, and your interpretation of those two things is accurate as it seems to be. So, you know, villain stuff. Mm. Uh, he also said... Let me guess. Is he not the bad guy in his own story either? <laughs> uh, let me see this quote as well. He said, I think you start asking questions about what evil is. Talking about developing the performance. Right. Uh, and with this character, especially, I find it fascinating because he can detach from empathy in order to meticulously carry out his will. And I start to wrap myself uh, up in who that person is psychologically. He's ruthless. And that might be, I'm in danger of giving away too much here, a result of something that's happened to him, but even acknowledging that taps into the analytical side of him as well. Mm -hmm. I think that the fact that he can still find a way to appreciate his own evil is something that is quite petrifying and psychologically something that was not easy for me to tap into. So mm-hmm. someone who appreciates the fact that he is evil, maybe. Um, one thing I did find that I, I don't know if well, we you know, have it, talked about. It, it's, it's, it, it's the Thanos thing, where it's like the character is completely uh, comfortable with the fact that they're doing kind of a bad thing, but for very noble reasons. So they, that's how they sleep at night kind of thing like it, it kind of like because there's even been hints of that in some of the trailers is like he he says lines like you know i'm like you except i you know i don't have like the same type of like emotions or convictions that get in the way of, of, of doing it like i i've kind of forsaken that at least that's kind of what i gotten from it so it kind of seems like that thing where this guy has resigned himself to like yeah no i'll, I'll be doing the bad the bad things to like yeah. get what i need to do done so the other thing that uh, I don't know if this has been confirmed, if we've talked about this before, but this interview and this article does confirm that Malik does 100% have 
a connection to Spectre, um, as Safin was a former Spectre assassin and has become a powerful figure in the world of terrorism. So basically what's going to happen, he's like, actually, it was me, James. Yes. Well, <laughs> uh, so there's two more parts of this interview yeah. mm-hmm. that I found interesting. One is, is, is Malik talking about going all in on you know, his facial disfigurement. Mm. Uh, he said that he, when he met Craig for the first time, Craig took a, a step back and was a little frightened. Mm-hmm. So he thought that was good. But the, the most interesting thing from this article and the most interesting thing from this interview, because that's all about the character of Safin and kind of like, it's basically kind of stuff that we kind of thought, you know, more so like kind of a very clinical nature to the character, which I think we can gather from the trailers. But the most interesting thing that this article talks about is the contributions of Phoebe Waller-Bridge to No Time to Die. Mm, okay, all right. Because Malik, uh, he emphasized that there was a very collaborative process. And he talks about a sequence where there was a pivotal scene between Bond and Safin that had not been working, that him, Craig, and Kerry Fukunagua um, had, had, were having difficulties with. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, basically, Malik said they're trying to kind of configure a Dr. No-esque dinner scene between the two characters. Um, they, uh, so basically they were trying to do the sequence where they were trying to have this conversation between Bond and Seth and over dinner and they were struggling to make that work. And they said they spoke to Phoebe Waller bridge about the scene and like Malik talked about her, like Craig Malik and Fukunaga all talked to bridge about this sequence. Mm -hmm. And she said, uh, it was pretty special. Like he said, it was a pretty special experience to go from that conversation to Phoebe that night. And then Phoebe basically cracked that scene mm. within a night. And then they said, he said, in terms of that, they did the scene that Phoebe rewrote. And he said a bit about this. I remember Daniel giving me a hug at that point. We were just elated mm. that that scene worked as well as it did. Um, and... So basically, it does seem like there there is a little bit more of that Phoebe Waller-Bridge influence that we're going to see on that final product mm-hmm. than even I really anticipated in terms of her being the kind of like doing rewrites while shooting. And, and in terms yeah, of... Yeah, but didn't, didn't we know that? I mean... No, but it just seemed like... It's just one of those things where it's like, you know, I think she downplayed her role a little bit uh, in previous interviews. And it's like, when you hear like a rewrite, again, you just don't know how much of that kind of mm. gets in there. Mm. But the fact that it was very much like they had a scene that wasn't working, they, they called Phoebe upon it, and she basically cracked it for them in almost an instant. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it I is thought kind it was of... very... It was just more of an interesting insight into like... And it gets me a little more excited about what, what the potential of this movie could be. It is it is cool to hear about the practical capacity uh, in which she was involved. I mean, more specifically, when you say things like, oh, it was like a dialogue dinner scene, um, which, again, if you've seen her work, is something that, you know, she definitely can handle. Um, so that is exciting. It's like to yeah. hear that, like, there were, like, these more intimate moments that weren't working, and then she, that's the stuff that she kind of came in to kind of polish up. And so th- that, I- that that is really cool. And it was like again, like that again, that very collaborative process, which 
is, you know, it's like all of them giving their own insight into their characters and to the, the scene to Phoebe and then her kind of taking all that and molding it into something that makes them elated, especially because it seemed like there was a lot of frustration with that scene not working, which, you know, if you've ever, you know, you've been involved with movies can be very, can be very trying when you're like just a scene, you know, is just isn't working the way it should. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. So that, that kind of gets me kind of uh, a little, a little bit more jazzed uh, for, for the film. Yeah. And uh, I, I think like I, I am interested to see what ends up happening with with Saf and what his plan is. Mm-hmm. Um, and because again, it's just like we seem like there is something very interesting. I think they, like they are hiding something. I hope they're hiding something very interesting about the character. That's what I will say. Yeah, I, you know, I'm of two minds about it. It, it kind of sounds like it'll be slightly revamped material that we kind of have touched about. I mean, it'll be like everything in the Craig era where it's like they kind of like are recycle things and try to do it a, a different way. But like I yeah. said, that most recent trailer where if they're recycling things but putting it in a more Bond aesthetic that I appreciate, then uh-huh. that works for me. Um, yeah. And um you know, even to say like, you know, he was a member of Spectre is kind of like, uh, okay, like I- I'm I'm sensing another. It-, it was me, James. I don't think they'll go that far, but it- it'll be something like that. I think, but yeah. uh, you know, it'll be exciting. I-, I I'm like I said, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I suspected because of the connection with like Leia Seydoux's character that he was going to be involved in that in some way. Mm, but then yeah, I think that's, that's like point. the first true, at least that we've talked about confirmation that like there's still a kind of a uh, a Spectre, you know overflow mm-hmm. as it were yeah um all right well i think that does it for the the news today lots of good stuff yeah. um so um in, until next time everybody uh, you will hear from us for a main episode yeah we'll have uh spy kids next again mm-hmm. i know a lot of you have been very excited for that uh so we'll have spy kids we, we can actually try to go through the whole month we're gonna have spy kids we're going to have uh king kong escapes escapes mm-hmm. And then we are also going to have our announcement of what the future holds for the Bonzilla podcast. So November will be a full month of, of fun times. All right. Cool. All right, everybody. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.